0: So, in, in summation, you should definitely watch. I don't feel at home in this world anymore.
1: <laughs> you, you, you should watch. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, maybe twice, uh, and and then maybe maybe watch Get Back if if you're if you're still awake after I got done talking. So. Um, Aaron,
2: Aaron, did sorry. I'm going to ask you. Aaron, did was there anything different about your second viewing that you picked up for the first time you watched it? After
1: (laughs) after I derailed us all this time,
2: (laughs) just want to check in real quick.
1: (laughs) Welcome to the deeply discussing movie podcast. Every week, four to seven or eight or however many of us get together, we discuss a movie, and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate right along with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Christine Deacon. Josh Dean. Hello. And Zach Roland. Hey. And today we are discussing, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, this was uh, suggested... By Aaron, Uh, the synopsis for the movie is when a depressed woman is burgled, she finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor, but soon find themselves, but they soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth against a pack of degenerate criminals. Josh, what did you think of I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore?
3: uh first off i keep forgetting the title of this movie it's so long i uh i had to type uh i typed belong into netflix and this popped up first even though the word belong is not in the title anywhere uh (laughs) because so close yeah, I am not the first one who's made this mistake, it turns out. Uh, yeah, I really like this movie. Macon Blair, I think we've already established, is a very entertaining filmmaker. Um, Blue Ruin. Blue Green Ruin. Room. Green Room. Right, exactly. Like I, Everything of, of his I've seen, I've liked a lot. Um, I thought he directed Blue Ruin. No? Oh. Uh,
2: I believe he was the writer on those.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway, Macon Blair, uh, I trust his brand, I guess. Uh, if he's in a movie, uh, usually I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, this one was no exception. Uh, also, Elijah Wood making a lot of weird choices late in his career that, that I've got to respect. Um, so, yeah, I uh, had a good time with this. It oddly reminded me a little bit of falling down in terms of uh, people getting pissed off with the uh, some of the social mores that have collapsed, uh, in, in recent years. Um, the, uh, the graphic violence was horrifying, but, uh, uh I couldn't turn away from the screen. Um, yeah, this, uh, this movie entertained me. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, I, I just enjoyed it quite a bit, and uh, would like to see more from what he has to say. Uh, I did like him showing up as the guy that spoils books, um, and <laughs> maybe the worst person I could think of in that whole group of uh, even, but the burglars and the degenerates. Uh, it, it's the, the book spoilers room. in the old, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's he's the worst offender of the bunch. Yeah, it's really like
2: that's that's the person that you don't want to be friends with or be around at all. The person that not even supposed books, just like TV shows or movies or anything like there's always a person around that thinks that, you know, like they have what you need to know about whatever. And fuck that. Fuck that person, (laughs) because that's the worst. Um, I got to agree with um, with Josh. It was such a treat to watch this movie. It's been on my radar for a while. Uh, I first saw it pop up on Netflix a while ago and was like, that seems interesting. And then sometimes just don't get around to it. Just, you know, you add it to your list on the queue and, you know, you're like, you'll get around to it. So I love an excuse to, to watch these kind of films. And man, was this just like right up my alley, the pacing, the story, the violence, uh, the, the, the vengeance, um, there was just so many good moments for everyone, um, and this uh, this lead uh, actress, um, I, I think. Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't. I, her name doesn't come to me easily, but I know I've seen her in other mm-hmm. things. So I loved seeing her in a role that she just takes over. You know, she just completely commands this role, and then of course is uh, gifted with uh, the wonderful Elijah Wood. God damn him and his fucking ninja stars! <laughs> I was like, this is just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was I a sidekick. <laughs> so funny! Yeah, I love
1: her instantaneous review of him is just hot. Oh, hot! Um, the, they
2: they paid off so many great moments. Uh, they set up stuff early on and then paid it off later. Uh, just with like good comedy which is funny because it's not even a comedy but holy shit is it just it's funny because it's awkward or it's real or whatever the case may be it was it was just so fun um moments when people would get maimed or injured or whatever the case may be you're just like what the fuck Mm -hmm. um you know so so good um and uh i just i couldn't I, I mean, I could see myself watching this again because it's an easy watch. It's only about what an hour and a half long, and um, it's just like
1: it just goes, and I really,
2: really like that. so, um, yeah, I think it definitely
1: rewards a second viewing that's that's what I found for sure,
4: yeah, I agree. Uh, I love Melanie Linsky so much. I was just talking about her new show that she's in yellow jackets last week uh yeah and she is great in that show uh she's great in this uh and she in this movie is definitely like the auntish type character that i want to be to my <laughs> nephews and stuff mm-hmm. like she's reading to her to the little girl and she's like talking to her and she's just like uh Just fucking stars and just like all (laughs) the kind of stuff like that and i'm like yeah i can see myself doing that (laughs) um but yeah i loved just like all of it just how disillusioned she is at first but then she has like the realization that she can do those things that she if she set her mind to it and like even if it doesn't matter she's still going to get shit done yeah i, I found that
1: character very relatable i think everybody has been at that point in their life and if not get ready cuz it's coming yeah that, that day is going to come where um you you are honest at work and you you tell the person what the the last words of a of a dying woman was and it will not be politically correct and the context of when you're saying it and who you're saying it in front of will not be okay um you you cannot you cannot repeat what she said in front of the black doctor and uh, and her loved one uh that is that is not not the right thing to do that's when you say no she went away peacefully and you just take that story to <laughs> somebody who doesn't know who she is so yeah, um I had seen this before. Uh I don't remember I think Nathan had actually uh brought it up at one point. And uh it's it's too bad he's not here uh to point it point this out, but I will point out that uh David Yao is in this movie who's the lead singer of the Jesus Blizzard. Um I, I I think Josh might be the only person on here who knows who that is. Uh, tonight. But uh, yeah, it was funny seeing him in this. Is he
2: is he the van guy? Yeah. Or like the main van guy. right? Yeah. This so that totally reminds me of the like Dwight Yoakam in Panic Room. It's <laughs> yes. like these singers do these roles where they're like the bad, the lead bad guy, not even a lead bad guy. It's just so funny. So, that's that's really cool. This
1: character is an extremely, extremely toned down conservative version. Of who David Yao is as a real person, <laughs> he is a absolute wild man on stage. He's he's just completely nuts. Like the whole reason you go see the Jesus Lizard is that you will see David Yao's penis and you will carry him around off the stage. He's he's just <laughs> a rock star all of the time and one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. So uh, so it was cool to to see him in this again I'd forgotten that he was in this um, so yeah watching it again I, I really dug into the the storytelling um, it's excellent it's really really well done uh, every scene perfectly sets up the next we get all the, we get the information we need exactly when we need it um, she starts out open and honest and it gets her fired so she loses her profession then it ruins the book she's reading, so it ruins her personal time, and then her stuff is stolen, so she loses her sense of security. So she's at a very, very low point. Uh, she tries to read a book to a child, but makes the child cry. Uh, or no, she starts crying in front of the child, um, and then her sister comes in to help her deal with all of the stuff she's going through and tell her that it's okay that she freaked out in front of the little girl. It's going to be all right. And then her first real confrontation where she actually engages with someone in a, in a hostile way is with a strain at least with a stranger is, uh, is Elijah Wood, but, uh, but he's hot in her words. So he demonstrates to her that he also cares deeply about security in his own way. Um, He's not great at it, but he has his own methods. Um, They celebrate to an up-tempo, what I would call like a white Dixieland style music um, after they go and retrieve the computer. Uh, The first time they go to church together, the preacher is, is mouthing the words of an Echo and the Bunnymen song. So it's like they go into an Echo and the Bunnymen music video for church. Uh, which is great, like, symbolism and, and film language kind of stuff. Uh, and throughout the movie, she deals with people at higher and higher levels of competence about her problems, but still can't get them resolved by uh, the, the authorities, as she calls the 911 dispatcher after she's robbed, and they can't send anybody out to the house because all she knows is... The location of her computer. She doesn't know if the people in there took it, or you know, or or what the story is. Uh, Then the detective. She talks to him, and he gets a little bit more of the story, but also figures out that her busted finger is because she did something you're not supposed to do, and so she fails to get help from the police at that point. Um, And then we. He's also
2: going through a divorce.
1: Yeah and And then uh, that sets up perfectly her witnessing the car accident after another break in, and she calls nine one one but is immediately knocked out with a rifle butt. so it's like you wanna make the argument she didn't she didn't call the police when things were were happening you can't the movie the movie has crossed that off the list of of possible uh complaints, so. She's she's taking care of business herself, uh, and and she's she's up against David Yao, and it's it's wonderful. Um. So, Aaron, uh, what's the deal, man? Why why'd you bring us this movie?
0: Man, this movie went under the radar for me. I I saw it when it was first added to Netflix back in 2017, and I added it to my queue, and it sat there until about 2020 when I had nothing better to do but watch Netflix. Um, so I, I finally watched it because I, I had I had no idea who the director was. Um, I recognized Melanie Linsky as... Uh, the girl from Heavenly Creatures, way back in ninety four. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, and then Elijah Wood and let's take a minute to celebrate Elijah Who's Wood the other and one his, in his
1: Heavenly Creatures. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Oh yeah, did she ever do anything else? Nah. ever <laughs> No. <Okay>. She disappeared <laughs> shortly
0: after that. Um. So Elijah Wood for some reason in 2011 uh, just decided that after that he was only going to be in batshit things. Uh, So he was in Wilfred. He was in maniac. He was in uh, come to daddy, uh, which is, which is an odd one if you haven't seen it. And he he's in, in this and man,
1: uh, he is just weird. And I'm here for it. He's produced a lot of movies as well. I, I see his name yeah. pop up on all kinds of stuff all the time. I'm pretty sure that if you had anything to do with Lord of the Rings, you have a free
2: pass to do whatever the fuck you want after Lord of the Rings. Speaking <laughs> of
1: which, has anyone uh, checked into the Get Back that's now on Disney Plus? Peter Jackson's Get Back? Oh, the, the Beatles, Beatles thing? thing? Not yet. I haven't watched oh, it yet. man. No. I plan on it. I had wanted to see it uh, since I think last year is when it was like coming out in theaters. And last year they also uh, released the super deluxe edition of the album, uh, which I've been collecting those since they put out the Sgt. Pepper one. Um, those are all really awesome. They're expensive as hell, but they're like, if you're a Beatles fan, they're amazing to listen to. Um, for, for people to, that don't know, I'll go into this real quick. Um, Get Back was a movie project that the Beatles tried to make essentially as they were breaking up, as they were splitting up. They gave themselves two weeks. They rented a uh, television studio at Twickenham Studios, and they gave themselves two weeks. They were filmed by a documentary film crew The end result was supposed to be two live shows and then a TV special that was made out of all the footage. So them recording it, coming up with the music and performing the the shows were all supposed to be made into like a TV special. So all of this footage got shot and existed and the band failed to do it. They failed to have the live shows. So they've never performed live after 1966. This was early 1969, the last year that they were together. And then uh, after this project fell apart, they went and recorded another album called Abbey Road. And that album they released. But by the time that album came out, they had broken up. So uh, Phil Spector took the bits and pieces, because they'd captured literally everything that they'd done for those two weeks, and Phil Spector remixed it and added a bunch of stuff on top of it. And they released the album as Let It Be in 1970 with Phil Spector's version of of what that album could be. And then it wasn't until 2009 that Paul McCartney released a version of it called Let It Be Naked, which is like his interpretation of what the album would have sounded like had it been finished. The super deluxe version has uh, a mix by Glenn Johns, who was the audio producer who was there for those two weeks when they were filming all of it. He was recording everything live to tape on George Harrison's eight track, which was the only eight track in the UK during that time. And you can hear his mix and you can hear like what it would have sounded like if they had actually released it in 69. And you can see why the Beatles were like, no, that's like, we cannot have that be our last album. We have to go back and do Abbey road, you know, or what became Abbey road. So for Beatles, super fans, uh, of which I'm obviously one, uh, this footage is like, we we never thought we'd see this, and we certainly didn't think we would see this while Paul and Ringo were still alive, if ever. But the, the people over at Apple, the people that are running it now, which are George Martin's son, Giles, and George Harrison's son, Danny Harrison, uh, essentially gave everything to their best people to make the super deluxe version of the album and they gave all the footage to Peter Jackson and gave him like three or four years to put together a movie and that movie has been broken up into three parts it's all together it's something like eight hours long what Peter Jackson put out and it's not um, I wouldn't call it like required viewing if you're just kind of a casual Beatles fan, but if you're if you're somebody who wants to see what the biggest band in the world in 1969 looked like at the height of their abilities, at the height of their powers, and what really happened, for two weeks of their lives, as they put themselves through hell and were completely on the verge of breaking up, it is fascinating. You will be frustrated. You will be angry at people you don't expect to be angry at. You will be uh, impressed by people you weren't. You don't expect to be impressed by, like Linda Eastman who became Linda McCartney, is really impressive in it. Um, Her photography is used in the documentary and they show the footage like as she's about to take the picture and then they show the still frame, which is all Beatles fans had since 1969. So for 50 years, that's it. That's all we had was this picture. Um, And the, the other screen presence who's always there but is just a source of calm is yoko and for anybody that's ever thought yoko broke up the beatles just watch this just just watch the whole vibe of of john and yoko and it's like no john and yoko didn't break up the beatles it's 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 the beatles themselves and it's it's not it's not on ringo it's it's john and paul and george and a lot of what happens in part one is the deterioration and and sort of the the frustrations coming to a head between george and paul and it's just fascinating um I said really quick, and I've gone for seven minutes. So, there's my my mini my mini review of uh, of of the first the first uh, three hours of, of Get Back.
0: So, in, in summation, you should definitely watch. I don't feel at home in this world
1: anymore. <laughs> you, you you should watch. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, maybe twice, uh, and and then maybe. Maybe watch Get Back if if you're if you're still <laughs> awake after I got done talking. So, um,
2: Aaron, Aaron, did sorry, I'm gonna ask you, Aaron, did was there anything different about your second viewing that you picked up? You're the, for the sorry first time you watched it after,
1: <coughs> after, I, after I derailed us all this time.
2: <laughs>
1: Just wanted Honestly, to uh,
0: one, check in real quick. <laughs> now, one of the one of the big things I noticed was, um, a couple of the people that showed up in the movie that I didn't remember being in um, like Jane Levy. Uh, she looks so different in this role. Um, you know, she was she was just coming off of don't breathe, which was a pretty big hit. And then prior to that, she was in the remake of evil dead, which was a, a pretty sizable hit. Um, so to see her in kind of a background role was Interesting. Um, and then the guy that knocks out David Yao's teeth mm-hmm. um, is Derek Mears, who played Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th remake. Nice. Um, but a- outside of that, the movie was pretty, pretty much the same. I enjoyed it the first time. I enjoyed it the second time. Um I love I love the end where um you're not sure who all survived the, oh, the yeah. clusterfuck that was at the end and she I turns and she sees Elijah that. she sees Elijah Wood and he's like surrounded by this, this yeah. fog like cloudiness and so you're like is he an angel? No, he's just being an asshole and burning everything that's on the grill.
3: And <laughs> <But> he's hurt <her laughs> Yeah,
2: that was such a a good good moment yeah I was like oh fuck he's alive I can't believe it and anyone else get while they were watching it
1: that uh, uh, people who watched it for the first time uh, tonight that it was uh, headed toward both of them going to jail Hmm. (laughs) and
0: there's yeah, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of nonsense in this movie about... It. Did you ever watch the Sean Penn film U-Turn? Oh, yeah.
3: long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe. I don't remember. It's,
0: it's basically like something happens, and then everything just starts going downhill and getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse <laughs> as it goes on. And this movie has
2: that feel. <laughs> of just everything just continues to go wrong. I, I don't think that i ever felt like they were gonna go to jail to be honest like that what they did would they should go to jail they impersonated police officers or that david uh, yeah I was gonna other things like
1: actually kill them or that the uh that the uh the the, the like whatever that guy was like masturbating gay thief guy that that <laughs> he was gonna somehow get them
2: Oh, Chrissy, the uh, the blonde guy. Yeah, the one the one that um, took an upper decker. Yeah, <laughs> like, my first, a little bit of both. first
0: first appearance on screen upper decker Yeah,
1: I thought he was <laughs> like, masturbating at first. I was like, that's <laughs> a really strange way to masturbate. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I I wouldn't say that I ever felt like I don't know. I guess it definitely would speak to the fact that there was imminent danger for the leads. Um, But at the same time, I never anticipated it. Like I was like, somehow she'll find her way out of this. Somehow somehow they'll get through this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm so accustomed to storytelling like that now that I'm not. I'm more shocked when it doesn't happen. You know, like if they if you kill off your main character in some capacity, then I'm like, fuck yeah. Well, and
1: Josh (laughs) talked about how horrifying the violence is. And I'm so dumb to that at this point from. Growing up in American culture, that it's like, yeah, of course, it's got violence in it. Like, what else is gonna happen? <laughs> yeah. I would
0: have, I would have loved two two things at the end of the movie that would have just made it. And one is if the the lady that the the stepmom. That ran down the road at the end and presumably called the police. If she had called the police and they couldn't come out to arrest anybody because they couldn't, the dispatch was like, I'm sorry, we can't <laughs> send units out this late or something like that. That would have been perfect. But then at the end, you find out that the dispatch is the Fucking wife of the detective. <laughs> <Yes>.
4: <laughs>
2: that
0: would have been because great. they're giving they're giving it another shot. Yeah. Like yeah. I love that they tied that storyline together right there at the end. <laughs> the cops were worthless in this film. Yeah. Absolutely worthless.
1: But she gave them so little information. And I would say for people that want to watch it a second time, um, or you know, in Aaron's case, you know, a third or fourth time, if 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 you watch it again. And watch the the scene where she calls the, the dispatch. Close your eyes and imagine that you're the dispatcher and you're getting the information that she's giving you. Because she's looking at a phone. And as the audience, we know that she's looking at a phone and she sees where the computer is. But what she's telling the dispatcher is, my computer, I see it. I know which house it's in. I need you guys to go and get it, and they're like, "Ma'am, we can't send somebody out for that." Like that—that that doesn't work. She doesn't say like, "I—I I tracked it on my phone." Uh, you know, I have—I have an app that that knows where my where my computer is, and the dispatcher also, because she fails to understand the the picture fully, doesn't say like, you know. Have you considered that where your laptop is now isn't, isn't w- because it's with the person that stole it? It could be with the person that bought it from the person that stole it, um, which is what turns out to be the case, right? When she walks into the house and all those people are like, you know, get out of here. That's not yours. It's not whatever. And she hits the button and it starts like pinging back and they're all like, all right, here you go. Sorry, <laughs> and I need the power cable too. And the lady packs with the power cable and hands it to her. And
0: where's the medicine? I got, I got Theraflu. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, there, there were so many perfect scenes in that.
1: It was a good one. Well, thanks everybody for the discussion on. I don't feel at home in this world. And thanks everyone for watching, listening and in generally being a fan of movies and the deeply disgusting movie podcast